Hey guys, this is Erwin McManus. I was just with the real Jason Duncan on his podcast, The Root of Real Success. And we had this incredible conversation. I'm gonna invite you to join me. We're gonna talk about how to create mind shifts that will open up your potential and destroy self-limiting frameworks. Welcome to The Root of All Success with the real Jason Duncan. A podcast that explores how the world's most powerful entrepreneurs unlocked success and how their stories can help you do the same. A successful educator turned entrepreneur, Jason has built multi-million dollar businesses that have been featured in Inc. Magazine and Entrepreneur Magazine. His life's mission now is helping entrepreneurs live what he calls hashtag the exit lifestyle. Introducing TEDx speaker, mastermind leader, author, entrepreneur, cigar aficionado, motorcycle enthusiast, and host of The Root of All Success, The Real Jason Duncan. The Real Jason Duncan. Hey, welcome back to another episode. It's me, JD, The Real Jason Duncan here with you, and I've got none other than Erwin Raphael McManus as my guest on the show today. This guy is an amazing guy. He's a mind, a life, and a cultural architect. He's an award-winning author, award-winning artist. His, his books have sold over 1 million copies. He's got a brand new book coming out called Mind Shift that we're going to do a lot of talking about on the show today. He's spoken to millions of people in 75 different countries and stadiums of up to 100,000 people. This guy is legit. He started off as an entrepreneur and then leveraged that to uh, leverage his faith to begin a church called Mosaic in LA. And now he's coming public back again with his business acumen and taking this mind shift book to a whole new audience of strictly business people just like you. And he also has a new coaching program called The Arena. He just launched at the recording of the show. By the time you're hearing this, it will have been out for about a month. But I want you to go check this out. He and his wife, Kim, lead humanitarian work all across the globe. He is doing amazing things on this planet. And like some of my former guests, I think one of the previous guests I had on recently, he's leveraging the financial success that he's had in business to make the world a better place. And I want to encourage you to go out there and make as much money as you can, just like Erwin, just like other guests have done, so that you can make the world a better place. Money is not bad. It's how you use it that can be bad. So let's use it for the good. Please help me welcome Erwin McManus to the show. Hey, Erwin, welcome to the show. Jason, it's good to be here with you, man. I'm glad that you're here. It's an honor to have you on the show. We met, uh, we talked pre-show about this. We met through our mutual friend, Neil Dingra, who puts on the Forward Mastermind and Conference over in in the West Coast, where you guys live. I'm from Nashville. And we met briefly at the event in San Diego back in January or February. I can't remember what it was, but but I'd heard of you, and uh, it was even more impressive to get to hear you speak on the this, uh, the seven frequencies of communication. But uh, so, thank you for being on the show. I'm I'm really excited to have this conversation with you today. Oh, thanks, man! It's just so good to to get to know you through the podcast. And I know you live in Nashville, beautiful city, uh, some of the most beautiful uh, countryside I, I I think I've ever seen. So I'm a little envious, but I live in LA, so. Um, you have more more square footage, and, but we have more pollution. So everyone has something going for them. <laughs> well, you've got you've got the beautiful weather. You've got that for sure. Although you know what, right? I don't know what it's like right there right now, but in August in Tennessee, it's supposed to be just really hot and humid and crazy. But it's in the seventies right now. I mean, it's chilly in the mornings. I get up and go exercise outside and ride my bike, and it's like I have to wear long sleeves and it's this is not supposed to happen in August in Tennessee. So I don't know what's going on, but I'm good with it. I'm good with it. Yeah. It's uh, now this month it's been hot here, but for the last 10 months, it's been really chilly in LA. And so we have, we've not really experienced a lot of summer, uh, but I, I haven't minded it. You, you know, it, it's, it's beautiful. You just have to appreciate the beauty of each day. And I love four seasons and we don't have any seasons here in LA. So any slight um, hint of a season is awesome for me. Well, I'm, uh, I'm glad to have you. So I, when I was prepping for the show, <clears throat> I just did a, you know, a quick search for you and you've got your own, uh, your own Wikipedia page. Not many of the guests that I have have Wikipedia pages. So that's pretty cool. That's not by I choice. Do you, do you look that up? Do you, have you looked at it to make sure this is right? I don't even look at it because 
Wikipedia isn't really based on facts. I don't know if it's that... understating or overstating. I don't want that anxiety in my life. <laughs> well, then we won't talk about it at all. We'll not, we won't even bring it up. So um, now I don't think I've had anybody on this show. This is episode 186. I don't think I've had anybody on the show to date that is a pastor. And uh, most of the people I've had on the show are entrepreneurs, almost primarily entrepreneurs. I've had people that aren't uh, from time to time, but primarily entrepreneurs. And so I've invited you here for a very specific reason, which we'll get to in a minute. But but what is it about your you being a pastor, found lead pastor of Mosaic, and and being launched into the public eye, not as a pastor? I mean, like you weren't introduced, I don't think, at the event where I met you as a pastor. You were just introduced as Erwin McManus, and maybe I'm making more of it than than the normal person would, but only because I used to be one myself. How how did you how did you go from pastor of Mosaic to international speaker, author? I mean, how, how did that happen? Well, first of all, um, I, I think you maybe misunderstand. Uh, I'm primarily an entrepreneur <laughs> and, uh, and who also became a person of faith who wanted to have a vibrant, meaningful experience in my faith. And so I started a church in LA called Mosaic in a nightclub that Prince owned. And uh, it was really trying to create a space for me and my friends who were atheists, agnostics, Buddhists, Hindus, Muslims, um, you know, people on profound spiritual journeys, artists, creatives, innovators, entrepreneurs. And, and, and so anyone who knows me knows that I am not a pastor who became an entrepreneur. I'm an entrepreneur who also um, started a church and pastors. And it, because I don't, I don't think of pastoring as a career and it's just an expression of my faith and it's it's you know it's a very very different thing um and because i started mosaic um my wife and i were the primary financiers of the church uh from the very very beginning really and we've always been the principal givers you know a lot of people think people become pastors because they need a career and uh, and it's just a, a terrible career choice <laughs> And, uh, it's a, Agreed. it's a, it's, it's a great place to be if you have a sense of calling and you want to make a difference in the world and serve people and create a uh, community. Uh, but I've, I've always loved, I mean, I, I started my first business when I was 12 years old. So, um, I, 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 you know, I began my entrepreneurial journey long before I even became a person of faith. I always was creating new things, was always starting companies, was always creating revenue. Um, was always innovating and designing. And it's just always been a part of who I am. I just happen to be a person who also has like a deep faith and believes in the power of community. You know, it's, I, I don't have simply a deep faith for myself. I have a deep conviction that what humans desperately need is a tribe. They need community. They need other people in their lives. And all the research now is validating uh, what we knew intuitively about the human need for connection. Well, I didn't know that. And uh, one of the things I was actually talking to a friend of mine about prepping for shows. And back when I first started my show, I did a lot of pre-search, pre-show pre research on my guests. And that way I could ask these questions. And what I found was that it would impress the guests that I did the research, but the audience didn't care. The audience was more interested in the discovery of information as we went through. So I hope that the yep. audience will appreciate the fact that I didn't know that. I'm discovering that right now. So tell me. Um, and, and, and you and wouldn't have known it because... I kept my business life very privately. And so, what, uh, and so you're right in the sense of like all my public, um, uh, you know, activity and influence was as a person of faith and as the founder of Mosaic. And I started working as a futurist when I was in my 20s. I started consulting with companies by the time I was 29, 30 years old. But I always felt that I would keep that world really private. And I, I never wanted it to infringe on my faith journey, on my, um, like on my, uh, on, on my express, expressing my faith publicly. And only this past year did I decide to take my private work and turn it into my public life. So you're right. There was like this shift that happened. And it, I, I just turned 65. This, this August, I, I turned 65 on August 28th. And I went ahead and gave myself permission 
to go public about what I really do. <laughs> and uh, and wow. so I, I do coach people at a high level one-on-one -on -one, and it's, you know, I mean, just frankly in the business spectrum, it's a six figure uh, relationship. And because these are the best in the world that I work with and I lead masterminds and uh, they're, they're, you know, they're all people who have incredible success, millionaires and billionaires. And, and really I see the nuance of my work is I tend to work with people who are geniuses. And I tend to work with people who have a, uh, are, are, are savants or have a, a level of uniqueness that's um, so high level that the coaching has to be really precise and a, a significant level. Uh, and this year I just decided, you know, I'm in the next phase of my life. I'm supposed to be retiring. So now I'm starting um, a new phase of my life, a new career. And um, we're going super public because I want to invest in entrepreneurs. I want to invest in pioneers, innovators, creatives. And I want to do it in a public format so it can be more accessible to more people. Well, I think it's interesting to know, and I want to find more out about this as we talk today, how you, how you bridge that gap between, obviously, you and I have a lot of similarities in our background. I, I too, am a person of faith. I, I followed Jesus my whole life, spent 13 years in pastoral ministry, leading, leading Christian churches around the country and then decided I was done with that. Then later I became an entrepreneur. It sounds to me like you, yours was you were an entrepreneur and then decided, hey, I'm gonna maybe use some of my skills as an entrepreneur and start a church, which has become a pretty substantial congregation in and of itself. But how did you bridge that, your faith into your business world and then use your business and in, back into the faith? Because that, that two-way street can get really ugly uh, for a lot yeah, for, of people for a lot of reasons. So how did you do I understand. That? Let's take a quick break to thank our amazing sponsors for making this podcast possible. Hey, I want to talk with you about one of my favorite tools as a salesperson and as an entrepreneur, and that tool is Dub. I want you to imagine for a minute getting an email from somebody, and instead of just being the plain old crappy text in an email, rather than just having a bunch of HTML where it's pictures and stuff, what if? It was a video and the video had a little gif and it was playing right there in the email as soon as you opened it and it had your name like it said hello jason check this out and then you clicked play and it played right there in your inbox in the window and it was somebody trying to tell you how great you are or how awesome they can help you how good they can help you out that is the power of video emails I want you to try Dub out. I've been using it for years. I have closed countless millions of dollars in sales over the last six years or so using Dub, and you can do it too. All you got to do is go to therealjasonduncan.com slash Dub. That's D-U-B-B, therealjasonduncan.com slash Dub. Dub will help you make an impact in your sales through video. It's going to help you with, they've even got a CRM built into it. You can build landing pages. You can do campaigns, even SMS campaigns. You can set up automations to manage workflows and maximize conversions. And like I said, they've got an existing software platform inside Dub to take your CRM to the next level. Try this out. Get a free special just by being a listener to the podcast. Go to therealjasonduncan.com slash dub. Get two weeks to try it for free and 50% off your first two months. That's therealjasonduncan.com slash dub. 40 years ago, you weren't in business unless you had your business in the Yellow Pages. You remember those things? <laughs> And 30 years ago, you weren't in business unless you had a door-to-door -door salesman. 20 years ago, you weren't in business unless you had a website. And today, you're not in business unless you're doing social media content. Am I right? Social media content. Social media content in the form of like micro content, which is 30 to 60 second spots on Instagram Reels or TikTok or YouTube Shorts. That's the way business is done. As a matter of fact, that may be how you found out about this podcast or me as a business coach. This medium that we're using today to communicate what we do is vitally important. And just recording yourself isn't enough. You've got to do it right. And my friends over at Story do it right. And one of the problems with doing it wrong is that you sit around thinking, well, what the heck am I going to record? How, what am I going to say? How am I going to say it? Like, I don't know what to talk about. Well, Story takes all of that away from you. 
stop wasting time trying to come up with content because Story will send you a video prompt on what to record. You can pick the categories you want to record in, whether it's real estate, entrepreneurship, finance, relationship, leadership, life insurance. It could be anything. Don't waste time on that. And by the way, if you're not confident in talking on video or if the video editing portion takes up way too much of your time, Story will edit the videos to perform well on social media. They add the subtitles, the pop-ups, the zoom cuts. They remove all the filler words like uh and um and uh. They remove the awkward pauses. And then they take that video and post it for you. They write the captions, they add the relevant hashtags, and they post it on the platforms that you care about the most. It's exactly what you need to be in business today and to be successful at it. So if you want to learn how to do social media the way the influencers do, you need to go to therealjasonduncan.com slash story. And that's story with two Y's. Why? Because they're awesome. Go to therealjasonduncan.com slash story, that's S-T-O-R-Y-Y, for 10% off your first three months to try Story out. You're going to thank me later. Thanks for listening to our sponsors. Now, back to the show. And that's why for me it was very clear. The river could only flow in one direction. I, I would never use what I built in the church to build an advantage or momentum for my business. But I would use all my business relationships to help fund the incredible work of the church. And so I would invest in people who had tremendous success. And then when they'd say, you know, how do I pay you? I'd go give Mosaic a quarter of a million dollars or give Mosaic a hundred thousand dollars or, you know, uh, donate to the church, help us build a school in Malawi, you know, uh, help us uh, work in Bangladesh. And so for me, the river only flowed in one direction. I worked in the private sector. I worked in the business world. I used my entrepreneurial skills to help Mosaic have an impact on Los Angeles and the world. And I never did it the other way around. And that's the only reason I remained private is because I never wanted anyone to think that my faith expression was some kind of leveraging to be successful in the business world. It was completely the opposite. And my business life is what made Mosaic possible. And, and I, I, I love that. So I, I always tell people, like, you know, you, when you talk about pastors, you know, doing things for the money and or doing things for, you know, all these nefarious reasons, uh, Mosaic is the exact opposite. You know, it's, it, it was the, it's, it's the worst financial decision we could ever make. <laughs> you know, it's like, and, uh, you, you have to be out of your mind to do this if you're trying to gain some kind of personal benefit. And, and so this next book that I've written called Mindshift is my first purely social science book. And, and, and it's funny, my daughter, who is such a deep faith, she goes, hey, Dad, you're going to have to help people with this transition because all your books in the past were for everyone, but they, they were definitely in the space of faith and, um, and, you know, our life as followers of Jesus. Now, this book is a completely social science book, which, by the way, I've always been a social scientist. I just integrated yeah. it with my faith. This time, I wanted to remove any hurdles for the reader. I didn't want people to have to believe in God to gain the benefit of this book. I didn't want people to have to uh, believe in Jesus to gain the benefits of this book. I wanted to help people and help them reconstruct their internal world to destroy internal limitations and to begin uh, to create within them themselves uh, an internal design for success. And then, by the way, if it does help them and change their lives and add value, they're going to ask more questions. And um, and I'm always really open about my faith. I just don't think that um, faith should be the obstacle when you're trying to help people. And um, in, in many ways, um, faith should be the aroma once you've really helped a person and serve them. And they go, wow, what else do you have that could really help me? Well, I, I think... Um... I think what's interesting about that perspective, Erwin, is that you, you're, you're being very clear and transparent about your intentions, which I, I can honor and respect that. I would also ask, because as someone who deeply studies metaphysical concepts, where we talk about how the mind truly works, and mm -hmm. you know, I read the Florence Shins and the Dolores Cannon and the Wallace Waddles and U.S. Anderson, Napoleon Hill, things that people I'm sure you're very familiar with and my listeners are becoming more familiar with because I talk about it more and more frequently. But what I'm missing, and I don't know what you think about this, what I'm missing in this arena 
is that there's not a lot of people who teach these metaphysical concepts that I'm aware of that, that also explain them through the lens of Jesus, that explain them through the lens, not just of the universe or infinite intelligence, but here is the reality. So Neville Goddard has written many great books on this concept, but his conclusion is you are Christ. His conclusion is you are God. And I'm like, ah, I was with you all the way until you said that. Now I understand what he means, but I think it leads to, it leads to misunderstanding. So is there someone, maybe it's you and I just had missed it. Is there someone that's explaining these metaphysical concepts in a way that says the reality is found in Jesus? What do you, what do you think? Well, I think I've been doing that for 30 years, and that's why we're flipping the narrative. Uh, I've been doing that for 30 years, but you, you, you had to, in many ways, step into mosaic or into the mosaic um, current to access it. And really, mind shift is opening up the dam to say, hey, look, there are deep conversations about quantum mechanics and quantum entanglement and the metaphysical realities of human energy and, and frequencies. And that are more deeply rooted in a premise that we're created by an intelligent, loving, personal God. And because you know, when, you, when you listen to a lot of the conversations about the universe, they're all wonderful, and then they leave you empty. And yeah. because the universe doesn't care when you're heartbroken. <laughs> you know, the, the universe just doesn't care when you have cancer. The universe doesn't care when you're going through a, a divorce. And, and one of the funny things I, I tell people at, at Mosaic is, it's funny how whenever something good happens to us, it's the universe. And whenever something bad happens to us, it's God. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so it's like, you only believe in God when, when the negative forces come at you. And then you're so grateful to the universe when positive forces come. And I go, frankly, the universe doesn't care about you. The universe is leveraged in your favor because there's a God who cares about you. And so we're absolutely right when we say the universe is for us. And one of the practical ways you can know the universe is for you is when you inhale and this atmosphere, this oxygen that you have no control over is actually a source of life. And when you realize that we're alive because the universe is leveraged in our favor on a, as a general principle, and, and then there are even more specific principles, because if you jump out of a five-story building, the universe is going to be against your choice. And, you know, we act as if the universe is always for our choices, because the universe is for us without discrimination. And the truth is, it's not. You have to align yourself with the principles in the universe for the universe to be leveraged in your favor. If I dive into the ocean and try to breathe underwater, I'm going to drown because I'm violating a principle of the universe. And I, I find so many times we act superstitious when we try to define what it means for the universe to be in our favor. And in the same way, there are universal principles in nature that if you violate them, you experience the consequence of them, regardless of whether you're a good person, a bad person, have good intention, bad intention, you violate that principle and it goes against you. And when, when you move in alignment with that principle, if you eat healthy food, guess what? You become healthy. If you exercise, guess what? You become stronger. If you become curious and open up your mind and read, guess what? Your mind expands, you become more intelligent. There, there, there are principles that all of us can see are true. And I, I'm just absolutely convinced that these principles cannot be arbitrary, that these principles are designed by intelligence. And what I think is fascinating is that one of the things science knows without question is that nothing can come from nothing. And yet science violates that principle by saying that everything existed and came out of nothing. And I'm just going, I'd like to be consistent in my commitment to science and say that everything cannot come out of nothing because what comes out of nothing is nothing. So I may not understand where everything came from, but I refuse to diminish my intelligence and dumb down my thinking to say, no, in the beginning, everything came out of nothing. I go, no, that's, that's, that's lazy thinking. It's better to go, it's bigger than my brain. I cannot yeah. comprehend how all this happened. But the, the power of intelligent design
is overwhelming. And what I do know is that in the same way your body tells you when you drink toxic water. We were just in Mexico City, and I'd been all over the planet, so I forgot when I got to Mexico not to drink the water. And I drank the water, and I got sick as a dog. But because I'm from El Salvador, I'm really resilient because I have all these parasites and bacterias inside of me. So I was sick for about five, six hours. I was good by dinner time. The rest of my team, they were sick and they, it lasted for days. Some of them are still sick. And uh, why? Because your body intuitively knows when you're drinking fresh water and when you're drinking toxic water. Your soul intuitively knows what it's designed for. When you choose to be bitter, your soul gets more broken and fragmented. When you choose to live in anger, your soul becomes unhealthy. When you choose to embrace envy or greed, your soul actually moves into a negative space. It's toxic. You don't need a moral code. You don't need a Bible. Just look at the condition of your soul whenever you take on negative emotions. When you choose forgiveness, you get healthy. When you choose compassion, you get healthy. When you choose kindness and courage, you get stronger. When you choose hope and love, and by the way, faith, something's activated inside of the human spirit that moves you toward the fullness of your humanity. Even if I didn't believe in God, I would believe in the practical proof of toxicity and health and what humans are designed for. So your book, Mind Shift, is diving into these realities without necessarily filtering it through the lens of a specific belief in a specific God, although anyone who knows you knows that you follow our Jesus, right? So you're, you're, yeah. you're, 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 um, the subtitle of your book is it doesn't take a genius to think like one. So give us a flavor of what that <laughs> means and what the book is going to dive into. Yeah. And in, in some ways that subtitle, it doesn't take a genius to think like one is a, is a little bit of a, a, a satirical, um, reflection on my own life. And, uh, Jason, I was, um, a straight D student first through 12th grade. I couldn't get into college, and I, uh, I finally begged my way into a school and was going to play sports. I, um, I was in a psychiatric chair by the time I was 10 years old. I was in and out of hospital uh, for psychological uh, trauma that turned into physical trauma. And um, I was really put in the spectrum of, like, you know, you're uh, mentally um, deficient, you're retarded. And uh, as we would say now, I was definitely neurodivergent. And, um, and my last day of high school, my English teacher said to me, Erwin, have you thought about going to college? And I said, maybe, yeah, maybe. And she goes, you will never make it. And those are the last words I heard walking out of my high school. And um, I've been married 40 years. You know, my wife, when she married me, was it, saying I do to me was a vow to poverty. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, uh, and she had no perception that I had any capacity or ability to do anything other than uh, make about six to $8,000 a year. It's what I made for about 10 years of my life working with the poor. And now I travel the world. And um, as awkward as to say this, I'm introduced around the world as a savant, a, a genius, a polymath. And um and one of, the ironic, one of the ironic things is I go, when they're introducing me, they don't even know <laughs> that I'm the kid that couldn't pass fourth grade. And what I've realized is you don't have to be a genius to think like one. <laughs> so that subtitle is really my life story, that when you begin to recognize that our limitations are dominantly internal and that our internal limitations are self-created, they may be a legitimate response to trauma or tragedy or circumstances or external factors. But in the end, those internal limitations are created by our choices and our reaction and our response. And because of that, see, I don't think that's a, a, um, a statement lacking empathy. I think it's a statement that empowers the person who's been traumatized. 
Because if your limitations are external, you have no control over them. If your limitations are external, you are powerless to change them. But if the limitations are internal, then you are empowered. Then you have the personal capacity to destroy those limitations and create new structures. And so mind shift is really about some very practical, granular, singular shifts that we can make that will open up the world to us. And, you know, and the opening chapter to me is a, a, a foundational principle for life and where it's, it's a business book and the opening chapters, it's all about people. And I coach so many individuals whose worth has created more than a hundred million to a billion dollars. And I cannot tell you how many of them are alone. How many of them have gone through painful divorces? How many of them have to have lawyers to make sure they can still see their kids? How many of them tried to save their marriages, but their wives finally decided enough was enough? That they only saw the need to change as a human being when their whole worlds were collapsing. And this book is really about sustainable success. It's not about success. Because most type A personalities are prepared for failure, but they're not prepared for success. And so the opening chapter, it's all about people, is really rooting our mental structures to understand that things and experiences have to become secondary to relationships. And if you make business choices at the cost of your deepest relationships, you're going to spend your entire life regretting it. And, and so I just try to begin this as the basis of the conversation. But there are other nuances that are, I think are so important that I needed in my 20s and 30s and even in my 40s. Like one chapter that talks about that you are your own ceiling. Understanding that most of the time we blame other people, we blame our bosses, we blame our jobs, we blame the government, we, we blame society, we blame our parents. Oh my gosh, how many full-grown men are still blaming their parents? And, you know, you just got to let it go. You know, your mom did what she could. Your dad did what they, he could. Or maybe your dad didn't. Maybe he left. There has to come a point in your life where who you are is not your parents' fault. Who you are is your own fault. And you have to embrace that personal responsibility that you're your own ceiling. And, and, and so there's really nuanced chapters that I, I think are really fun, are deeply meaningful. Uh, one of my favorite chapters, you know, I don't want to give the whole book away, is, is that no one knows what they're doing, <laughs> you know, and uh, um, every time I start a new business, every, started, every time I started a new endeavor, I mean, I, I've been a, a fashion designer, I've been a filmmaker, I've been a, a writer, and I've been a pastor, I've been an entrepreneur, businessman, and every time I do something, I don't know what I'm doing. And, uh, and I'm so aware of it, but I feel like everyone else knows what they're doing. And that's where that imposter syndrome yeah. comes from is that you're so convinced everyone else knows what they're doing. You're the only one who does it and you're faking it. And if you could just realize that no one knows what they're doing, then you have a freedom to start with incredible courage. I love it. I love that perspective, man. That is a, that's a good perspective. You, you something you said earlier about, uh, you know, getting over, what's happened to us in the past and being able to control our own future. There's a, there was a, a, a section in the book, three magic words by us Anderson. Are you familiar with the book? Three magic words. Have you ever read? I'm this? not. It would be, you would, I think you would really, really dig it. And again, it gets to a conclusion at the end that mm, you and I would probably have a little bit of, we could debate it, but, but there's a spot in there where he talks about that. Most people think that your past influences your future. So, but when you begin to really make your mind think correctly, it's your future that influences your past because the same person who grew up in poverty with a, with a deadbeat dad who beat him could end up being very successful and say, the reason I'm successful is because of the dad. And then the, the, his brother grows up to be a bum and homeless. And he says, the reason I'm homeless is because of my dad. Well, who influenced the past? The person who went out there and rose above it. And I think that that's probably one of the mind shifts that you're talking about is that we can use what's happening now to reinterpret what happened to us in the past to make us a better person for the future. It's yeah, a, a mind bend. That's good. Yeah, I think the great danger is that your past will be your future if you don't change your mind. Amen. And that's why you do need a mind shift. 
So let me ask you this question. Uh, question. These are some questions I ask every guest. What if you if you think back over to all the things that you've been been able to become successful in as a, as an entrepreneur, as a pastor, fashion designer, all the things you've done now as an author and a public speaker, and and we want to talk about the arena. I'm going to give you an opportunity uh, as I go through these questions to get to that because I know you want to talk about that because that's a really big big thing that's launching. What what would you say one the one key that unlocks success for you? What's that one thing? Like if you had to narrow it down, what unlocks success for Owen McManus? Ownership. When I take ownership of my life, everything changes. I, I actually do think that um, in a practical way, that may be the singular word that has the greatest impact on my life. And whenever I face uh, myself and look in the mirror and I see deficiency, if I take ownership, I change. Whenever I see a challenge in my business or in um, uh, the work I do at Mosaic, when I take ownership, I can fix it. And, you know, whenever I, I find um, a character flaw in my life or, you know, I find out the hard way, you know, and because of the consequence of it, if I try to blame someone else, it stays with me. When I take ownership, I change. And, and so I, I think ownership is a, a significant um, factor in success and failure and, and maybe one of the reasons that I've changed the, the most <clears throat> and and if I could give you maybe one more is uh, imagination. And um, I just think that one of the things that has really shaped my life is I, I just never stopped dreaming and imagining a, a, of a different world, a different me, a different life. I always have new ideas, new thoughts. You know, I'm always exploring. And my imagination for me just makes me unreasonable. So when I take ownership of my life and I have a limitless imagination, I just think I become a really dangerous person, a really powerful force. And uh, um, that's one of the reasons, like I was talking to an atheist. And um, actually, no, this guy was an agnostic. He's, uh, he's Jewish. And he said he was an agnostic. He had respected people who, who had faith. And I said, yeah, being an atheist is, is so limiting. I, would, I, I, I couldn't be an atheist because I, I don't embrace limited mindsets. Because once you're an atheist, what you're actually saying is that nothing outside of my ability to prove it can possibly exist. And that mental construct will go outside of religion, go outside of your belief systems, and it'll actually work in your business. It'll work in your relationships. And I would much rather be an agnostic that says, I just don't know. You know, my mind, my brain isn't big enough to comprehend something that large. I, I can't come to a conclusion, but I accept the reality that things beyond my understanding exist. And I feel like I've always had a massive imagination that's always aware that I don't know and, and that I love to explore. I'm just not af afraid to be wrong. You cannot have a big imagination if you're afraid to be wrong. I appreciate that perspective and I agree hundred percent with that. So if your, your keys to success are ownership and imagination, what would you, how does Erwin Raphael McManus define the word success? What is your definition? I don't know. I, I never, I mean, I, I hear that question. I just, I've never picked a definition of success um, because I, I, I don't ever think about, I, I, it's weird. I don't ever think about, success. And I know, I know you, you, I should, right? But um, years ago, I spoke at this huge event. And afterwards, they interviewed me in a podcast. And they said, you've spoken at this event. And it's like the, you know, the premier event in, in this world. And, um, you know, how will you deal with the success of this? And I said, I thought I was successful before I spoke at this event. <laughs> I didn't know until you just told me that this was the pinnacle of my success. And I, I think I've always found success to be rooted in my sense of doing something meaningful. And if, and if I wake up and I feel like I'm doing something meaningful, something that matters to me that makes a difference in the world, I feel successful. So, so maybe Jason, I just live in the illusion of success. Yeah. You know, and, uh, because success isn't, um, it isn't a goal. 
because it's not a place you can arrive at. I think success as a place or a destination is an illusion. I mean, success has to be the beautiful process. Success has to be that you are accessing the full weight of your creativity and your genius and your uniqueness and expressing it in a meaningful way to serve the world. And, and so I, I don't think of success as a place, a platform, a destiny, a goal. Um, I, I, I think in essence, not success. I like that perspective. That is very, it's unique in, uh, you know, the 180 something episodes I've recorded. It's a, it's a unique perspective, but one that I can certainly get on board with. Now you are, you have successfully kept your business success. I'm going to use success twice in that sentence. You've successfully kept your business success kind of quiet in the background, but you obviously made a lot of money. We're very successful financially in order to be able to do the things you're doing today with investing in mosaic and, and mm -hmm. getting a platform launch. But now you're saying, okay, I'm going to take this public. I'm going to, I'm going to write this book mind shift, which is coming out now. Actually, by the time this releases, mm -hmm. it'll be, it'll be out. Uh, you're launching uh, the arena actually on the day, I think the day before or the day of this recording, this won't come out until September, but you're releasing the arena, which is your mastermind slash coaching thing. So tell us about how we can understand what the arena is and the benefit it might bring us as entrepreneurs or business leaders. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the interesting things I found working with entrepreneurs, I mean, so many of them, and I'm sure you've seen this too, Jason, is that most entrepreneurs um, didn't do that well in school. And in, in fact, if, if, if you went to an Ivy League school or a, a really exceptional school, you're probably a manager or you're inside of a, of a company and you were able to elevate in, within a structure. But entrepreneurs are just really bad at um, formal education. And, and, but they're high learners, but they learn tactically at the right place at the right time in the right moment. And they need to access learning fast and hard. And I, I have just for years and years have talked about it. How do you create the next era of education? How do you create the school for entrepreneurs? How do you create the, edu the educational community for men and women who are engaged in the real world. And that's where we create the arena. Uh, and we're focusing on three pillars, communication, leadership, and character. And I, I want in the arena to develop the best communicators in the world, to develop a different approach toward leadership. That's entrepreneurial leadership. It's catalytic leadership. It's adaptive. It's agile. It's mobile. It's by, and, and, and it's not confused in a world of complexity and uncertainty. And we're going to focus on character. We're going to deal with deep virtues that allows you to have sustainable success. And in that, that pyramid, that empty space in the middle is a space for big ideas. I just think that there has to be a space where we elevate our thinking. You cannot become a world-class communicator if you're not a world-class thinker. You cannot become an exceptional leader if you don't elevate your ability to think and, and to think spontaneously and on your feet. Uh, your character is so rooted, uh, not in intelligence, but in wisdom. And so I wanted to have a space for big ideas where you talk about philosophy. We talk about the role of artificial intelligence and, and human ethics. We can talk about you know, the, um, the, the, the dynamic between economic development and environmental responsibility. We can talk about philosophy and theology. I wanna talk about where the people in the Bible come from that no one ever talks about where they came from. I, you know, I, I wanna talk about who the Nephilim are. I just, I wanna, I wanna talk about quantum entanglement and uh, the power of grief after someone dies. Uh, I, I wanna talk about you know, event horizons and black holes. And I am just fascinated by everything. Uh, I, I'm, I'm just addicted to, 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 to physics and to neuroscience and to, um, uh, to culture and leadership. And so the arena is going to, it, for me, is going to be the, the new um, dimension of education. And it's, it's a members only, it's by membership. People can pay monthly or annually. And we're inviting people who want to be invested in, mentored, uh, built into in communication, leadership, character, and be in the space of big ideas to join us. And it's the most exciting enterprise I think I've created in my lifetime. In it, we're going to have all of our master classes. Our, we have our mastermind on the art of communication. I have a, um, a communication 
a paradigm called the seven frequencies of communication. Inside of that, there's going to be an assessment where people can actually discover their frequencies of communication and learn how to add frequencies to their communication um, uh, ability. And we're going to unwrap things like the character matrix and the leadership matrix. And um, I want to have a space where the members are constantly accessing all the new resources we have. Because uh, one thing I, I love, I love creating and I love mentoring, but I don't really like selling. And so when you have a mastermind and then you create a mastermind community where people are saying, we are here to learn and we want to be on the front edge of everything you guys are discovering, that builds a community, a tribe that we think will be global. And so we're really excited about the arena. And I just encourage anyone, uh, go to erwinmcmanus.com slash the arena and join us. Go check that out. It's Erwin McManus slash the arena you can check that out i'm looking at it. i've got it pulled up right now on uh, on my on my browser and it's got information about how to join it's a global community of leaders and leaders focused on communication leadership and character those three things i, I like the three pillars for sure erwin this is uh it's been a really really cool conversation i'm a, i appreciate what you're doing i appreciate the um, I, I, the perspective, I guess, is the, is the only way I know how to describe it is the perspective you have of using the success to launch a platform to spread the gospel and the, the good things in the world through Mosaic and your church, but then also leveraging that in appropriate way so the river still only flows the right direction, but to be able to step in front of a group of people to say, listen, I can help you shift your mind and you don't have to necessarily believe in what I believe we'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there, but we can start here and understand that there is something because the universe doesn't care about you, but something else and someone else does. And we can show you how those works together. So Erwin, this has been a, uh, an honor to have you on the show and to talk to you, man. I'm going to give you the last word. If you want to give advice to anybody, if you want to just say anything, that's, I'm going to give you the last word before we sign off on the show today. Yeah, I think one of the principles that my life has been really shaped by is to move from living a life of obligation to living a life of intention. And if you're listening right now, uh, every day of your life that you live out of obligation, you're going to feel has been wasted. And that becomes a material for regret. When you begin to live a life of intention, and, and, and by the way, in that intention, I'm absolutely convinced that hope is essential and joy is also a requirement you're allowed to enjoy your life while you're doing really meaningful things in the world. And I, I just want to be able to help people discover that, that your life can have deep meaning, deep intention, a powerful purpose, but you can still wake up in the morning and be filled with joy. Be so glad you're alive and love the life that you have. And when you integrate those two things, your life becomes so powerful and it becomes compelling and other people, we'll begin to ask you, how in the world did you find that level of intention and joy? And I think that's really the key to happiness. All right. Well, go check him out, everybody, at erwinmcmanus.com. There's a lot more where this came from. He's a fascinating person, a very engaging and gifted speaker, if you get the chance to go listen to him. And I want to go check out his book. You can go check it out, too, at erwinmcmanus.com slash mindshift, M-I-N-D-S-H-I-F-T. And on his website at the top, there's also a, get you a link to the arena. Join up, sign up for his, and get access to the communication leadership and the character. You won't be disappointed. Erwin, once again, thank you for being a guest on my show. Hey, thank you so much, Jason. Take care. Well, there you have it. Another successful entrepreneur, but maybe a little bit out of the norm because we didn't really talk a lot, a ton about business business, but we talked about in our frame, uh, framework, kingdom business about what he's doing to build the kingdom and how he's going to leverage that to also do more good work around the world. Uh, his, his key to success was ownership. I hope you paid attention to that ownership, really owning who you are. And there's books out there that talk a lot about that, but there's also this concept that you are in charge of the way you think. The only thing you have control over in this life is the way you think. That is it. You have no control over your body. You don't have control over the financial markets. You don't have control of anything else. The only thing you have control over is how you think. And that was one of the keys that Erwin said has led him to success is taking ownership and having his mind be put in the right position to achieve great things in life. Now, he's got this book coming out called Mindshift. I want you to go check it out. It's already out by the time that you're, you're listening to this. 
I want you to go to the Erwin McManus. That's E-R-W-I-N, Erwin McManus, M-C-M-A-N-U-S, McManus.com. So go to ErwinMcManus.com. At the very top, it's got MindShift and the Arena. Check out both those things. Also check out his podcast, his blog. Check out his information. Follow this guy. You're going to want to take a listen to Erwin McManus. Thank you again for tuning in to this show. I want to offer you an opportunity. I've got a couple of spots left in my one-on-one coaching program. I take uh, entrepreneurs who are doing at least $3 million a year in annual revenue who want to figure out how to get out of the weeds of daily operation without losing that profitability and that margin and the scale that you're creating right now in your business. I can show you how to do that. That's what I've done, and I've helped dozens of other people do the same. I've only got a couple of spots left open. I only take a few a few people individually every year to coach them one-on-one to take them to that level of success and to exit without exiting. So if you're interested in booking a free call with me, all you need to do is go to therealjasonduncan.com slash coaching, read information about my coaching package there, and then book a free call. And we'll talk about what it means to get in. We'll see if you qualify for it. And if you do, we'll talk about what it looks like for you to be in the program. And if you don't qualify, then we'll figure out some other way that I've got some resources that can help you. But it's an honor that you listen to the show. Thank you for being here today. Please tune in again next time when I talk with yet another very successful entrepreneur about his or her journey to success. Until then, I'm the real Jason Duncan, and Jesus is King. Attention business owners. Attention business owners. Feeling burnout from running your business? Uncertain if you're nearing burnout? Take our free 10-question business burnout test at businessburnouttest.com to discover where you stand. With just 10 quick questions, you'll learn how to immediately begin making changes to regain freedom and success. Cut your daily operations time in half. Improve your quality of life and prepare your business for your future exit without losing revenue or profit. Visit businessburnouttest.com now and take the test. Thank you for listening to another edition of The Root of All Success with The Real Jason Duncan. If you've enjoyed this week's episode, visit therootofallsuccess.com to access the show notes and other helpful resources. Follow Jason on social media at The Real Jason Duncan. See you again next time here on The Root of All Success. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.